In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. It's a game day pre-show special, and I'm here with Ian Wright. Ian, we're playing the Vikings. How are you feeling about this one, mate? Good. Not quite a game day yet. It's game week. You know, we are turning the page here into Thursday, so we're on the back half of the week, getting ready for the NFC North Minnesota Vikings. I feel good about this one. I'm sure Kevin Stefanski does as well. You know, he's got a lot of roots there in Minnesota. The Vikings, though, mate. They look powerful against the Seahawks. Uh, they came close with the Bengals and the Cardinals. I think it's going to be a lot tougher game than we think it is. And uh, Cousins has been uh, steady Eddie with his uh, quarterback in. Yeah, he's got to throw an interception this year. But yeah, the, the Minnesota's a good team. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, obviously their schedule to this point has been challenging i guess is what you're going to say is you know they obviously open the the season on the road against cincinnati greg joseph hits a field goal to send them to overtime and then you know they couldn't quite get an offensive possession there in uh in overtime so they kicked field goal bengals win week two they go to arizona lose by a point i mean i think it was 34 33 so bounce back last week giving the seahawks their first loss uh and Listen, Minnesota has offense. We know that, you know, touching touch base with a couple of players on that team. Obviously, you know, we're talking about Kirk Cousins, eight inter, or eight touchdowns, zero interceptions this year, averaging 318 yards a game. This is a guy, 74% completion percentage and is just shy of a thousand yards on the season. This is what Kirk Cousins is. Kirk Cousins is a guy who is, you know, going to have highs, going to have a, maybe a couple stupid throws that the Browns hopefully can take advantage of. But much like Kevin Stefanski, a lot of their offense, starts with the running game. So Dalvin cook, many of us fantasy football knowers, uh, game players know he was probably a top three pick in your draft and through two games, 42 carries 192 yards with a touchdown with a fumble loss. So he quite hasn't gotten off to the quite start. Nick Chubb has. So what has you worried most Paul, the running game of the past game from Minnesota? Yeah. First question is, do you think he'd be playing uh, this weekend? He's optimistic. He wants to go. There was some questions surrounding that Seahawks game, you know, and then they kind of ruled him out there at the end. But at this point, I would say he's optimistic and he wants to go. The spread is um, Brown's favorite with, with two points. So it's going to be definitely be a close game. Yeah. Yeah. Being on the road, being a favorite is, uh, is definitely going to be unique for the Browns. That's for sure. Because they're basically saying on a neutral site that the Browns would then be a five point favorite. So Minnesota uh, might have something to say about that. And then you also mentioned uh, Greg Joseph, ex-Browns kicker. Yeah, so Greg Joseph, you know, we can go around the league. Obviously, there's a lot of guys, you know, that have spent a few minutes, if, you know, not a little bit longer. Your boy, uh, Ezra Cleveland, I don't know if you remember from the draft. He's, he's never played for the Browns, but he was Paul's guys in the draft process. So he always like to point those guys out. Um, on offense, Dee Westbrook, who knows Baker Mayfield, you know, from his days at Oklahoma. That's somebody that Baker's going to be familiar with. On the defensive side of the ball, 
our guy, your guy, Sheldon Richardson. Sheldon's there uh, in Minnesota. And then, like we mentioned, uh, actually, it was kind of funny because Britain, you know, Britain Colquitt was with them for the the preseason, and then they let him go, and then have now shifted that over to Jordan Perry, the former Steelers punter. So, you know, we know some names over there in Minnesota. Yeah, interesting with that punter. I thought he was uh, doing well over there. Any reason or know why he got cut at all? I think it's probably a money, money, a money thing. You know, Colquitt was making a little bit of money. There wasn't seeing an appreciable thing, much like Mike Prefer did here with the, the Scottish Hammer. You know, it's not at the time that Hammer may have been a better putter than Colquitt, but when you weigh what my, you know, what the highs are, you know, versus the lows, they just thought that Jordan Berry isn't uh, getting cut by the Steelers was a better, you know, fit for him than than Colquitt was. So, there you go. Yeah, mate. To answer your question, what I'm I'm worried about the Vikings. I don't think they've got a clear favor of running or um, uh, passing, but, you know, they've got strong tight end, a good wide receiver, a good running back. So um, depth is probably where they're lacking, but there could be some hidden gems out there that we don't know about, mate. Yeah, Minnesota, like I said, it's much like the Browns. You're going to see a similar style of offense. I wouldn't be shocked if both teams come out in the first quarter really trying to throw the ball Loosen the other one up because, you know, for the Vikings, it's very important to get Dalvin Cook going. And for the Browns, it's very important to get Sir Nicholas Chubb going. So at this point, the, the Vikings really haven't been able to get Dalvin Cook loose. You know, he had, um, you know, he missed last week's game uh, with the Seahawks. But at this point, you know, you're, you're kind of expecting a a bigger game, you know, against Cincy, I think he had like 60 something yards and then against Arizona had 131 yards, but didn't find the end zone. So this is somebody I think that the Vikings are really going to try to get going. They generally tend to run behind the right-hand side of their line. That's something we may look out for to see how the Browns kind of shade their defense. You know, Ole Udo is the right guard. He's going to be kind of your lead. He's the Wyatt Teller, so to say, of their offense. And then their right tackle, Brian O'Neill. This is a guy, all of the Vikings, they have not had any injuries yet on the offensive line. Brian O'Neill is at the right tackle. Uh, Ole Udo is going to be at your right guard. And then on the left tackle, you're going to have our boy Rashawn Hill. He's the one that's going to have to keep Miles Garrett from actually trying to break Derek Thomas's sack record. And then left guard is your guy, Ezra Cleveland. And then up the middle, you got Garrett Bradbury. So these are guys, they're, they're known names in the NFL. None of them are you know, so to say a high level, you know, they're all pretty much middle of the pack, but Kirk cousins does a good ball, a good job of getting kind of getting the ball out quick, having Justin Jefferson on one side, Adam Thielen on the other side. It could be an interest. It could be an interesting game. I would expect some points to be scored on this one. I don't think we're going to be able to hold the Vikings to 47 yards of total offense. Like we did the bears. What about looking more a bit into the uh, defense? Um, are they stacked in defense or, uh, is it a place where we could actually uh, maybe have an advantage? Um, they have a good defense. I would say that their weakness is out at the corner position. Um, you know, it's one of those things where Bashad Breland is kind of one of their primary corners. He struggled. They have Patrick Peterson that they brought in to kind of hope that they could resurrect his career from Arizona. He's been okay. Nothing great. 
Um, back at the safeties, you got Xavier Woods. You know, he was with the Cowboys for quite a bit of time. And then Harrison Smith has kind of been the staple of that defense for a number of years. Those are really the guys you want to look out for. Sheldon Richardson is kind of a rotational D lineman. Eric Kendricks is their top linebacker. He's a guy that pretty much is going to play all over the field. He plays the mic role. You're going to see him moving left. You're going to see him in coverage. You're going to see him against the run. You know, the biggest threat in terms of the front seven is going to be the pass rusher, Daniil Hunter. So Daniil Hunter is probably one of the more underrated pass rushers in the league in terms of who gets talked about the most. But, you know, this is a guy who at this point has generated 16 pressures, had four sacks and nine hurries already in three games. So when we talk about their version of Miles Garrett, we're talking about Daniil Hunter. He's, uh, he's definitely someone I'm going to be looking out for uh, on Sunday. Uh, Ian, where are you going to be watching the game? You know, I will finally be at home. It's been a chaotic and crazy September, you know, up in Wisconsin last week. So everything I did watching the Bears game, I was in, you know, with a bunch of Bears fans. So it was kind of nice to say, oh, that's a sack. Oh, that's another sack. Pretty much every hole I was telling our Bears fans that Miles Garrett had another sack. So I will be at home enjoying the the fruits of the Sunday ticket for the first time all season. You know, it's just been a kind of chaotic you know, it's been chaotic in terms of my schedule. So it's nice to finally get home, sit on the couch and watch a nice long football game. How far, how far away drive is the Vikings? Six hours? Yeah, you can get up to Minnesota. Yeah, about I'd say six, six and a half. Uh, it really kind of just depends on Chicago traffic. So I do know that, you know, there are some Browns fans that will be heading up to Minnesota. I had actually talked about possibly doing it, but being gone for about the past five weekends, it was probably best that I just kind of stayed at home. Mm. And um, do you think it's a Browns win? I do. I think the Browns, I think it's going to be right. Or I can see this one kind of right in that like 30 to 27 range. Um, you know, Arizona, obviously 34, 33, Greg Joseph missed the field goal on that one. That would have given him the win. Kirk Cousins put him in the position to do it. Week one, you know, the Bengals, it came down to a field goal. So they're playing teams tough. I think they're going to play the Browns tough. The question is going to be how much, how well can we really neutralize, you know, they're up front. Like I said, they got Michael Pierce, who Browns fans may be familiar with, with his days in Baltimore um, and then Daniel Hunter. So they have a little bit of the ability to stop the run, a little bit of an ability to, uh, to, you know, guard against the past, but the Browns need to establish themselves early. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson's another guy in the middle that I think they're probably going to do a little bit more in terms of running away from this is a guy that can create some pressure inside, but ultimately, yes, I think the Browns get the win, you know, 30, 28, 30, 27. I think it's going to be right around that two, three spread. I'm just looking up where it is on the map. It's one of the most Northern NFL uh, teams out there. That is why they put them in a dome because as people that go up to Minneapolis realize pretty quickly, it's cold in the wintertime. Yeah, what is the most northern NFL team? Seattle? I think so, too. I think it was Seattle. Because, you know, a lot of people forget that that, like, it kind of goes up into the left a little bit. So that would be my guess. I was a good geography guy. dominated at the where in the world is Carbon San Diego when I was a youth. But, you know, ultimately, that is uh, that would be my guess. So what about you, Paul, Paul? What's the vibe you're getting on the Browns? I mean, this is a team – they're a couple of plays away from being two and one, you know? So when we talk about a lot of teams now, we're going to be talking about, you know, 
the Browns ability to go out and win the game. And I, I know I heard you and Jack in your phenomenal post game. You know, I, I will say I, there was something I did disagree with the Browns against the bears. I would love for somebody to, one of you guys to have told me where could they have been better on special teams? We're, we're talking eights on special teams. We had a 57 yard field goal. We had a 51 yard field goal. This is the first time since Phil Dawson that we had two 50 yard field goals and Demetric Felton in one game almost had as many return yards as the entire last season. And you gave him an eight. If anything, there aren't too many times where I will go out and say that was a flawless special teams performance by the Browns. Well, it wasn't a 10 because uh, there was no um, special team touchdowns. There wasn't. There was only one knock. I had one check in the blue and the uh, the red column in terms of that. That was an Elijah Lee penalty. But at worst, I could let you argue a nine. But I think in terms of the the Browns special teams unit, we've talked. We, you know, we've given them a lot of shit. Let's be honest. You know, we've been harder on the special teams than most people are. I have a higher expectation for the special teams than most. But they went out there and I thought put together a a game plan that can actually impact. I mean, seven punt returns, 103 yards, averaging 14 yards a return. I mean, that is insane. That's over a first down a return with as long as being at 24. McLaughlin was six for six. Can't ask for anything better than that. Gillen has a 48 yarder as long, but puts one inside the 20 with no touchbacks. Come on guys. Come on now. And I believe the Chicago punt returns two for four yards. And kick returns four for 95. So they weren't even averaging getting back to the 25. Come on, Paul. Come on, Jack. Give them at least a nine. I'll fight for 9.5. All right, Matt. Without we're the gonna go back, We're going to go back to it and uh, we're going to give it a nine, okay? I will say, my, I, whenever I was, I was out there, I was saying Browns offense, six, defense, nine, special teams, 10. But I wouldn't do that because I wanted to troll Jack. One, one interesting thing is um, Mike Prefer, ex-Vikings as well. Correct. Yes. Stefanski, Prefer, Joe Woods, former Vikings as well. Um, my prediction is I'm going Browns 28, Vikings 24. Mm. You think, how many sacks does Miles Garrett get? I think he's only going to get one this week. No. Come on, Paul. The guy's got a record to go get. I will say it was kind of funny. So, if you watch Jadavian Clowney, this I was getting a kick out of this. You know, Jadavian Clowney, number one draft pick, right? He's getting back in the backfield. He's rushing the passer. And there's times he gets back there and Justin Fields is already to the ground. And he looks at Miles Garrett like, how the hell did you already get here? Like he was licking his chops, thinking he had a sack. And Miles Garrett was already taking him down. It's just like, my gosh, this guy is just an absolute freak. You know, it's you been kind of fighting for half sacks. I mean, basically, you know, the Bears tried to run away from Miles. He caught him on that side. He's, you know, field slipped out of one and Jadavian was able to get him down on the other one. But realistically, Miles gave him that one because otherwise it had been five and a half sacks for Garrett and only one for Clowney. So let's be honest, these guys are going at each other. They're trying to, they're trying to get that. I mean, Tack McKinley was in there. JOK obviously coming off his, you know, highest graded you know, rookie of the weekend. Fantastic game out of him. And you know, just overall, the Browns are clicking right now. And, you know, I think a lot of the Joe Woods slander uh, from earlier in the season is going to start subsiding. But 
listen, you know, there's talking already about Greg Newsom not playing this week and that Greedy Williams will start in his place. So that's something because this week, let's be honest, our secondary is going to be tested. Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are, you know, as one as, you know, as good as any uh, wide receiver one, two combo in the league, you know, Irv Smith's obviously out, but Tyler Conklin's in there and he's going to pick up the duty. But at the same time, you can't keep your eyes off that guy in the backfield because otherwise 33 is going to run right through you and around you and right past you. So I think this one is going to be a good test for the Browns. You know, obviously the Chiefs were our first litmus test of the season, and then they've gone out and lost two in a row. So I'd, I'd like to see how they're going to bounce back on the road. This will be their first road game again uh, since they did play the Chiefs. So I'm curious to see. Offensive line struggled a little bit last week. You know, the Vikings are going to try to bring some heat on them. So it's going to be a good one. I think it's going to be one of the better games of the week. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how we not bounce back, but, you know, obviously all the success of last week and potentially a tougher team, uh, how we're going to do. But yeah, I'm going to go with 28-24, Browns win, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be close. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing maybe Baker leading them uh, down the field for a game-winning touchdown drive or, you know, leading them down the field and getting them in position for a game-winning field goal or something like that. I mean, we all saw, I mean, well, we all did, you guys didn't uh, in England, but Aaron Rodgers leads his team down the uh, field against the Niners. Mason Crosby bangs, you know, a 50 odd plus yarder through and Rodgers. you look at the emotion on the guy's face. He's fist pumping. He's jacked up. You know, the team's going nuts. You know, a lot of that stuff is good for the team. Now, if they want to go out and blow them out, I'm okay with that too, but it would be nice to see, you know, for all the people that are out there still doubting Baker, you know, for him to go out there and lead a little touchdown drive End it, end it. Get the Browns a W. Let's get to three and one. Get through the first quadrant of the season at three and one. Then we can start focusing on the next one. Is it the first quarter? Yeah, kind of because of the 17th game kind of throws off the easy math. But here at the Paul Brown podcast, we're all about simple math. So we're going to add that fifth, that fifth game to the last quadrant of the season. We'll call that the home stretch. So we're going to go quarter, 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 home stretch. Well, Ian, thanks for making that uh, executive decision. Uh, I agree with it. Now, Paul, I have to say, this is the final thing, and we'll go on this point. You've now had to, you know, obviously you we're going to come to the stage. You're going to watch, you know, a couple of the games here. You probably miss being in the Muni lot with all those people. But how is it watching games in England? It's a little bit anticlimax, to be honest. Not quite. I mean, th- there's some loyal Browns backers out there. Yeah, there is. The pregame I miss the most. The pregame. Ah, the all the partying. That's because you're just the local celebrity. You know, half of them hate you, half of them love you, but that makes it all the best. Well, I'm surprised it's half. I thought it was more 90%, but yeah. So that's uh, only in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'll take half. But yeah, no, I I really miss the pre-drinking the night before and the uh and the Muni lot or wherever we are in the world. Yeah. So well, we'll end this. Um a little bit of somber news. Uh, Cleveland, you know, longtime Cleveland sports personality, Matt Lodi passed away uh, on Wednesday. You know, when I first started following Matt's journey on social media and, you know, I saw that he had, you know, was battling cancer and got an awesome message from the rock for something about it. That name just like stuck out in my brain. And when I was looking into it, you know, I noticed he was at WEOL 9:30 AM, which is a radio station out of Elyria, Ohio. And, you know, I was, I was about, I'm, well, I'm eight years younger than Matt is, but for some reason, I do believe that, you know, there's a famous broadcaster up there in the Lorraine County area, Jim Popiel, 
Uh, he goes by Jim Allen on the radio, but I believe him and Matt worked together and would have covered me in high school and all that type of stuff. Because, you know, I just remember the Matt, you know, Matt Lodi's updates on sports and stuff like that. So, you know, this was a guy who's been around for over 25 years in the Cleveland media. And as Norm McDonald famously said, you know, when, when you pass from cancer, it's, you know, you're fighting it to a draw. Nobody loses their battle with cancer. So, you know, thoughts and prayers with Matt and his family, his wife, Shauna, um, just, you can see, a lot of times, you know, there are certain people that kind of transcend sports and no matter whether, you know, you're a critic or you're, you know, you like his takes or hot takes or whatever it was, this was a guy that just was very consistent, dedicated his time, you know, at the Ohio Broadcasting School, you know, Ohio OMC, as they say, um, Ohio, or OMS, I'm sorry, Ohio Media School. So this was a guy that was about giving back. And, you know, it's just unfortunate to see these type of things because, you know, the Cleveland sports media while we're very critical of some of the guys and some of the questions they ask, there are some really good people out there and, you know, it's just, it's a shame to lose someone like Matt. So thoughts and prayers to his family and uh, a special shout out for the Browns to go out and win one, this one for Matt. And then also, you know, he's a big Indians guy. So hopefully the Indians can finish the season strong. Yeah. Go Browns and rest in peace, Matt. No one likes to see a Browns fan passing away, especially un until we've won a Super Bowl. So on that note, we're going to get out of here. We'll have a little bit of another show probably later this week. Apologies for the pr no pregame last time. I jumped on with our boy, Jack McCurry. So if you really wanted to hear how amazing of a breakdown I gave on that Browns-Bears game, jump on over to the Dogland. They had some good words. We had a good time chatting over there. Uh, but in the meantime, until next time, go Browns. Go Browns. <laughs>